All that surrounds you is for your utmost benefit. Your ears, your heart and the light within you are now tuned to lasers in the jungle. It is here that you will be encouraged to contemplate the magic of the music that you love. Has some of the music been transferring esoteric wisdom to within our consciousness? Why and how does it nourish and comfort us? Is it because it was made in love and is love? How come some sounds and songs make your body shiver or tingle? Are some of your favorite musicians part of an ancient divine order, a mystery school or a benevolent bloodline? The choice to know is yours. Down the rabbit hole we go. Thank you for listening to Lasers in the Jungle. And now, your host, John Wills. All right, well, welcome back. This is Lasers in the Jungle, and this is J-Dub. My name is John Wills, and thanks again for listening. I wanted to briefly mention ways to support this podcast. You can uh, go to the website. You can also go to our social media, like and comment, and just subscribe to the podcast if you've been listening. That helps. I also want to mention another podcast I have called The Precipice. It's a podcast that I started a few years ago, and I've kicked it back off again to kind of dovetail with Lasers in the Jungle. So I hope you like it. I hope you'll enjoy it. And we'll be talking more about The Precipice later on this episode. On this episode, I have a guest. His name is John, Dr. John Savage. And he's come up today from Montezuma, Georgia to visit with me. John, thanks for being here. Thank you very much. I'm very pleased. Enjoyed having lunch with you. Thank you. And uh, John, as is customary on these last few episodes with The Precipice, I think I've done it on every episode, but if you don't mind, I'd like to do a little etymology. I'm sure as a physician, you took a lot of Latin and can appreciate the roots of words, but I, I definitely do. So if you don't mind, I'd like to go over two words. Sure. One is this word repent. What do you think of when you think of this idea of repenting? Repenting. Well, it's something you know well if you're a Christian, correct? Yeah. You repent of sins. You repent of things you know are wrong, and you correct yourself. Yeah. So it's a changing. There you go. That's what I like to think about now. I was raised that repent was repent for your sins. You know, it was like go a new way feel bad about yourself and repent. Repent means, just as you said, to re, to do again. The pent part means uh, the first time just wasn't quite enough. It was unsatisfactory or nearly or almost. So if, you, if you're working towards something and you come up short of it, it makes perfect sense that you would repent. You would try again. You would go a new way. Correct. And next time try to achieve success. Correct. So repent is a not a sad word or a scary word and something we should, it's a, it's a beautiful word, this idea of repentance. Another beautiful word is atonement. That word, I love that word because you don't have to do anything other than just break it down into three pieces. <clears throat> At one mint. And this idea of atonement, it's kind of tied to repenting. I think so. Yeah. One way to evaluate 
what went wrong or how things are going is to find that oneness, kind of go at that at one meant. And uh, anyway, this idea of reconciling or uniting is tied to this word atonement. Well, how you broke the word down is interesting because people perceive words in different ways. And my perception of it before was atonement was kind of like paying back, mm-hmm. right? That's what it meant to me, in a sense, you know. Yeah. Pay back to who? For what you're making an atonement mm-hmm. for something that went wrong, yeah. correct? Well, I think that is one way that some people uh, kind of teach it. Is you better atone mm-hmm. for your sins. Mm-hmm. You better atone, John. Exactly. And I think that's, I don't like it, honestly. I think it's bad. I like the what the Word says, honestly. Well, this is part of what we've been through, through our training in uh, churches throughout the country. Yeah. We're kind of misled on some level. Yeah, we are. Well, that's a little etymology. We're going to move on to the music. But, John, before we get going on the music, because you're a doctor, I want to ask you about Hippocrates and the legend who is Hippocrates or Hippocrates. And you took the Hippocratic Oath, as all physicians do. Right. In med school, do you guys study the legend and the lore of the doctor of medicine, Hippocrates? Or Hippocrates? I never did. Interesting. Ne- never studied that any more than a physician studies nutrition. <laughs> <laughs> You're an orthopedic surgeon or an orthopedist, aren't you? Right. Well, let me read a couple quotes from the Hip, Hip, Hippocrates. <laughs> I keep saying his name wrong. One thing I want to say on the, because this is what, the fourth episode of uh, Lasers in the Jungle, I realize I say words like, I say the word mythos, mythos, and I keep hearing myself say it over and over like that. I'm sharing that now because I know I say these words wrong and I can't help it. It's like this word, Hippocrates. I think I might be saying it wrong, but I'm pretty sure I'm not. His name is Hippocrates. He was the father of medicine. He was the original healer from the Greeks, ancient Greeks. So we're taught. So we're taught. And the oath was called the Hippocratic Oath. Yeah, Hippocratic Oath. That was how it was termed. And, And we read it. I don't remember taking a formal vow that I would follow this oath. And there was no formal ceremony about it. But, you know, all physicians were led to understand it. Well, I think he's a great man. I think he's somebody that I'm glad that medical doctors and healers take this oath. Some of his quotes, I'll just read maybe three. The greatest medicine of all is teaching people how not to need it. He says this also. Illness does not come upon us out of the blue. They are developed from small daily sins against nature. When enough sins have accumulated, illness will suddenly appear. And I'll just finish with this one. Well, I got two more. Everyone has a doctor in him or her. We just have to help it in its work. The natural healing force within each one of us is the greatest force in getting well. Our food should be our medicine. Our medicine should be our food. But to eat when you are sick 
is to feed your sickness. And then lastly, the physician treats, but nature heals. So this man, he, I would encourage you, John, as a physician to study his story and his myth. It's really, really awesome. All that he was involved with in the island of Kos and then Athens, and he did so many amazing things. And I guess that some of it's all legend and myth. I'm sure there are books about his life. Oh, yeah. Which I'm not aware of specifically, but I'm sure there are. I do know one other who's first do no harm. Yeah. I think was also in his. That's in the oath. In the oath. Yeah. That's and definitely. there are a lot of physicians that don't really follow that very closely. Yeah. Whether yeah. they know it or not. Right. Yeah. Well, we're going to talk about medicine a little bit more a little later in this episode. But first, we need to get talking about music. Uh, John, when I reached out to you to ask you about coming on Legend in the Jungle, you were real quick to respond that you were very familiar with Jackson Brown. You've got, I guess, a couple of his records or a few of his songs in your phone, don't you? I do. That's cool. And he's from maybe your generation, maybe. He is. Yeah. He's probably four years older than I am. Wow, that's cool. I think he was... Uh, 17 and 65. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's exactly right. Well, he was born in Germany, Heidelberg, Germany. I'm, I'm real curious about these Germans because he's, uh, I didn't realize he was German. I didn't either. Yeah. And he's just a prolific songwriter. He, when you look at his music and all the songs that he's written, it's really remarkable how many of you might recognize that you didn't even know who sung them. But he wrote them and he sings a lot of them also. The other thing that's really cool about for me as a, someone that's working on a podcast is it's just a real treat to look at a musician like Jackson Brown and study their work and then learn more about people like Krista Pafgen or John Cale and all these other musicians that were alongside Jackson Brown and that he also accompanied it's just a real treat to kind of go through music and just kind of have it unfold. Things that you, I think we were sharing at lunch. These are songs that we've heard probably a thousand times, but we've never really stopped to really contemplate them. That's true. That's true. Most words just go right over your head. Yeah. You're just really enjoying the music and you're not there to think and to analyze. You're there to enjoy it. Yeah. In the moment. Yeah. Well, it's beautiful how this music is written because it definitely is a part of our uh, collective unconscious. This music, especially I would imagine for certain people of a certain generation, there's just a lot of nostalgia potentially, a lot of opportunity to reminisce, but also a lot of opportunity to reflect and kind of think about your life and think about where it's been and maybe where it's going. And, and Jackson Brown, he is a real, real poet and he can play too. He's just Fantastic. The last thing I'll say about him before we uh, get into the music is I didn't know what he looked like. He's one of those musicians that if somebody said their name, I would have a hard time imagining their face. And that's unusual for me because a lot of musicians that I've listened to, I know exactly what they look like. But I guess I've never really been an avid Jackson Brown fan, so I, I never really knew what he looked like. I, I knew what his voice sounded like. I was in the same boat with him. I knew his songs and had no idea what he looked like yeah. Yeah. Or, or anything about his history. You know, yeah. everybody knows about the Beatles and the Rolling Stones and so on. 
I don't think that's unusual with these alchemists. So like, I wonder how many people know what Mark Knopfler looks like. He's the head front man of the Dire Straits. You know, there's all these musicians that are uh, sultans, sultans of swing, sultans of sound. And they, uh, I don't know, they're almost faceless. I shouldn't say almost, but they're compared to these other celebrity entertainer, definitely front men. They, it's unusual that you don't really know what somebody looks like that isn't as a musician. But I think they like that. That's more of that mystery. That's more of uh, being the guy behind the guy or just allowing uh, the music to speak for itself and not allowing their personality or their image to, to do anything. Well, I think that's part of a lot of musicians' personality and how they want to present themselves to the public. All right, well, I'm going to cue up. The first song, the reason I chose this song is because you're a physician, by the way. I don't know if that's obvious. Yeah. But Doctor My (laughs) Eyes is the first song that I thought would be, if I'm going to talk about that song with anyone, it might as well be a doctor. So Dr. John Savage, thank you for being here while we listen to Jackson Brown's Doctor My Eyes. Thank you. Hello. Lasers in the Jungle requires your participation. If you are driving or busy with another task as you hear my voice, it is very important that you press pause. When you hear the sound of the golden harp, that is your cue to prepare your mind for a listening experience. Consider the garden of your mind. Is the soil hard and impervious? Or is it rocky, busy and burdened? When the soil in the garden of your mind is well prepared, rested and still, then and only then should you listen to the music. The music should be played at maximum volume and accompanied with adequate review and study of the lyrics. Once you have received and listened to the music, come back and join this episode. Thank you. Doctor, my eyes have seen the years And the slow parade of fears without crying Now I want to understand I have done all that All right, that was Doctor, My Eyes by Jackson Brown. That song was on his first album, 1972. That name of that album was a cool name, Saturate Before Using. And that's a, I used to have in my notes, what the inspiration was for that, but it's, I forget what it was. It was something to put out. Something was on fire. It was like a a fire blanket saturate before using. Makes sense. Yeah. But that's also something cool to put on a cover of a record because there's some hot hits on that record. You better saturate before using. (laughs) All right. Let's start at the top, John. Doctor, my eyes have seen the years and the slow parade of fears without crying. Now I understand I have done all that I could to see the evil and the good without hiding. You must help me if you can. I love the slow parade of fears without crying. He talks about that without crying at the very end of this song. But this is a rough song to start off maybe a podcast about beautiful music because this is a sad song. This is not a great song. It's a difficult song to kind of wrestle with because it, it hits home. It's There's a lot of truth to the song. Oh, definitely. 
I think the, uh, now I want to understand I've done all that I could to see the evil and the good without hiding. You must help me if, if you can. So everyone, everyone in life is doing the best that they can, all that they can. And everyone is trying to see the good and the evil, but it's hard. There's this feeling of despair, of confusion, of feeling lost that Jackson Brown is doing a great job of describing here in the first part of the song. He is indeed. But he's he's complaining in a way. Yeah. You know, he's he's not satisfied with his life. I mean, he's he's here to see the doctor. But who do you think the doctor is? You know, he's speaking metaphorically here, I think. Yeah. I think he is speaking directly about God. He's speaking to God. He's and he's doing this on his own. You know, he's internally, this is his dialogue, and now he's put it into words, into a song, yeah. which is just a great, uplifting song just to let it go over your head, right? I mean, you can yeah. dance and yeah. sing and, to it. Until and, you start listening to the words and you realize, wow, is this me that they're talking about? Because it is. And it does make sense. Doctor, he, God is the great physician. He's the great healer. The healer of all healers is God, and, and he, only he would be the person to ask these kind of questions to. That's true. And where else can you go to God but within? You can't go to a church. You're not going to find a preacher anywhere that will give you the answers that you seek and give you that resolution that you seek when you're getting answers from God. It's hard to get right answers, though, because it takes some kind of internal knowledge that you already have, and then or you have to have divine inspiration to add to that. And maybe that's part of assimilating all that you've been through at a certain time. Yeah. I think the, uh, this part about, was I unwise to leave them open for so long? Our eyes are up. Uh, we just need to be careful what we set our eyes to. And I think it is, we have kept them open maybe for so long. And that's the opposite of going within. When we're focused on the material world, our eyes aren't closed. You're looking without. You're looking outside of yourself. You have to close your eyes to really see. <laughs> yeah, it's wild. All right, let's move on to the next. Uh, this is another part of Lasers in the Jungle. I want to go ahead and confess. I'm going to call this a verse. For all I know, it's called a stanza. I just use words because I have this podcast, but I don't know if I'm using them correctly. So we're going to call this verse two. Because I have wandered through this world, and as each moment has unfurled, I've been waiting to awaken from these dreams. People go just where they will. I never noticed them until I got this feeling that it's later than it seems. That's kind of ominous, that last little part. But it's a great otherwise verse because I can totally relate, especially the middle part. I've been waiting to awaken from these dreams. We have these dreams for our life. We have these visions and ideas. And it's almost as like, well, wait, I want to wake up from that. I want it to be real. You know, I've been waiting for those dreams to become something that is tangible. And it's just a cool expression of him wandering through this world, waiting to awaken. 
And then at the end, that last part where he kind of has this feeling of, wow, it's, time is slipping on here. It's later than it seems. Like, I don't want to miss out on this opportunity that I have with my life. You know, I don't want to wander anymore. I don't want to be lost. Well, he is expressing some interesting ideas. And, and I think he starts off as a very stoic individual. He has been closing his eyes to the bad things, even the good things that are going on in the world. He's, he's just not recognizing it. It's not registering. It's there. He sees it. He probably remembers it very well, but he conveniently forgets it or puts it out of his mind. But um, the, you know, the years of this, it, it's brought a, probably a certain amount of toll to his life. And he wants to wake up to it. He wants to awaken, as you said earlier. That was a very good way to explain it. He's trying to wake up to the fact that he has not paid attention. And he's seen people's remorse as they go through their lives. He's recognizing it, too. Yeah, it's hard when you're, when you're going through something and then you see other people that, you, that are close to you also going through it. And there's a feeling of helplessness. Oh, you can't do anything about it in most cases. No. I mean, you can do things, but it really takes, each individual has to deal with their own problems deep down. Well, let's close it out with the last part. Doctor my eyes, tell me what you see. I hear their cries. Just say if it's too late for me. Doctor, my eyes cannot see the sky. Is this the price for having learned how not to cry? Again, it sounds like a lovely song, but whoa, man, that's a hard way to end a a song. Honestly, it feels like he's just in a a real state of question. Is this how it ends? Well, he's obviously stating. Here it says price. Now, I saw in other renditions of the lyrics lyrics that, this was a prize. Oh, a prize. Is this yeah, the prize? It's a, it's a prize. And, and I listened very carefully, and I think he's saying prize. Maybe it is. Or he's saying prize like a Southerner. <laughs> but he's German, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He is, has been blinded. This, that's a terrible thing to undergo. I mean, to live with, to be blind. Yeah. I'm not an ophthalmologist, but... Uh, <laughs> Yeah, there's very, very little you can do about blindness. And he's talking about being blind. He's not seeing the sky, and or he's not appreciating it, really. This is all metaphorical, right? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that sky always, the sky is always representing this idea of truth. Florence Welch, in her song, uh, Third Eye, it starts off with, look up. You know, always look at the sky. The, the sky is also, you know, where the ether is, where truth kind of operates in those realms, always available in the sky. It is. It's always available. Like, like, so if we can look up and we can see the sky, wow, we, we, that's just step one, honestly. Like, look up. You know, stay focused on the right things. Focus on truth. And stay away from deception and uh, lies. But 
if you can't see the sky, then is this the price for having learned how not to cry? I think if you can't see the sky, you're stuck in your left brain. Honestly, like you can't imagine it, you can't create, you can't, you can't dream. So being able to look up in the sky means you have the ability to dream and imagine and wonder and ponder and envision something better than what you have. But right. if you can't look up in the sky, then you're, that's a, that's, you've got a real problem. You've got to be able to look up the sky. But if your eyes are like this, your eyes cannot see the sky. Is this the price for having learned how not to cry? And that crying, that all gets back to this idea of the divine feminine and being okay with our, uh, kind of our faults are, uh, it's okay to cry because our, there's parts of us that we're going to be weak. We're going to have a moments of, uh, falter or error or coming up short. And that's going to be sad. It would be. And but, it's and it's okay to cry when you when you yeah, do that. Well, crying is also part of expressing joy, you know? Yeah. Not just sadness, yeah. but being in touch with your emotions. Whether you actually shed tears or not, your internal feelings can still cry. Yeah. You can cry. It's not just being stoical yeah. to not shed tears. But uh you, everybody handles it in different ways. Yeah, they do. And I, I just think that this idea of our emotions and it's real important to be in touch with them. And there's a real price for having learned how not to cry or to become so hard hearted, so turned right. off, so closed that you just kind of miss life. You miss, you miss the excitement of life. And I think if you go down that road too far, you can go over the precipice. <laughs> oh, perfect. <laughs> and end up in a place you don't want to be. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Well, John, you just cued it up nicely there. Very well done. I've got another podcast I mentioned at the beginning called The Precipice. And John, one of the conversations I want to have with you over on The Precipice is this, your profession, honestly, and not just your profession as a healthcare provider, and a surgeon, but also you're an artist. You've, you've participated in the arts. And anyway, you just have an interesting story that I'm, I'd like to talk more about. Okay. So we're going to do that over at the precipice. Why not? I think it's something that'll uh, be interesting to our listening audience. And I look you, forward to that. Yeah. Well, why don't we go ahead and do that now? We're going to shift gears now. Well, I hope you'll forgive this little transition Please check out The Precipice. Me and John Savage, we go over there to my other podcast and we have a great conversation about healthcare, just the whole situation going on in the world right now with medicine. We talk a little bit about Hippocrates. Do you like how I said that? Hippocrates. So go check it out. And thanks for listening to Lasers in the Jungle. Thanks for uh, coming on The Precipice. It's been my pleasure. Yeah. And we're going to jump right back over to Laser of the Jungle. <laughs> All right. And we are back on Laser in the Jungle. And we just had a fantastic conversation on the precipice. Be sure to check out my other podcast. And I'll be putting uh, episodes together maybe every one or two weeks. Real short and sweet. Maybe uh, 20 or 30 minute episodes. 
But now we're going to listen to a song called Running on Empty. This is a self-titled record by Jackson Brown. It was released in 1977. And uh, I want to also remind everybody to make sure you listen to this music loudly and you really listen to it. Maybe even read the lyrics when you listen to these songs. That was Running on Empty. That's a longer song, John, and it's a very autobiographical song. Would you agree? I think so. Yeah, it seems like a. if I were someone your age, when did you graduate high school? You actually graduated high school with my mother. That's how we know each That's other. That's correct. Yeah. Yeah. What year was that? 69. Yep, 1969. That was a good year. The best year. Yeah, it seems like a great year. <laughs> best year for music. Yeah, great year. Great year to graduate high school. Good year to be alive. This is a little ahead of that time frame, it sounds like. When he was six, in 65, 66, 67, he was probably graduating high school. It says he was 17 and running up 101. I don't know where I'm running. I'm just running on. Running on empty. Running on, running blind. We heard about that earlier, running blind. In Dr. My Eyes. Running on, running into the sun. And I'm running behind. That's the chorus. We're going to hear that over and over and over again in this song. So let's not talk about the chorus now. But what are your thoughts kind of opening up at this song? He's telling a story of his life. It's one that I think a lot of people can relate to, especially your generation. Yeah. Yeah, a lot of people can relate. And as you said earlier, it's kind of an autobiography, assuming his autobiography. But I think everybody can identify and relate to it. I did, you know, it was not only very great music, great to listen to, but when you look at the words, the words kind of resonate with you when you're listening to it in a focused way, yeah. instead of just as an enjoying the music way. Yeah. And there are two ways to listen, you know, but yeah, he's uh, running on empty. He's running behind he's almost out of gas yeah. you know he's uh, he's trying to find a place to fill his tank right yeah. it's beautiful though he's running into the sun that's what's most important he's running towards his highest self it's his greatest good right he's running into the light into the light he says everyone i know everywhere i go people need some reason to believe I don't know about anyone but me. And this is the part. Jackson Brown does a really good job of this, by the way. That song, Stay, it sounds like a love song. Another good one. Right. Yeah, this little line here sounds like, if it takes all night, that'll be all right. If I can get you to smile before I leave. This sounds like a familiar uh, love gesture. But this is a performer. This is an entertainer who loves his work. He loves writing songs and he loves performing them. And he knows, I don't know any about anyone but me. If it takes all night, that'll be all right. If 
I can get you to smile before I leave. He has a desire to see people smile and share song and share love. And it's really that simple because mm-hmm. uh, everybody needs a reason to believe. And these songs give people, a, a, whether they know it or not, it's helping their unconscious self have belief and hope for a, a better day or a better you know, I'll come out of this heartbreak or things will be better. A reason to believe. And I love that about Jackson Brown. I love that about just the idea of the mythos and just the power of it helping us without us even knowing it's helper. Well, I think it's a very, very good song. And uh, the start of the song, bringing it out with the first uh, refrain, you know, running into the sun, running blind but still running into the sun you know you're picking up information you're picking up knowledge as you're running down the road and we're talking about the road of life correct and not just any old highway no but it's yeah it's the the highway of life for sure all right last part here let's kind of keep it rolling here looking out at the road rushing under my wheels i don't know how to tell you all just how crazy this feels Isn't that true? Looking around for the friends that I used to turn to pull me through. Looking into their eyes, I see them running too. So all of everybody, everyone around us, we're all looking for one another to help one another. But we're all going through the same journey of feeling empty, feeling blind feeling like, man, I'm running out of time. I feel like I'm not, I'm running behind, but it's okay. That's beautiful. It's normal. I think the message from this song is, you know, embrace this idea of uh, the pursuit. Exactly. And this emptiness is something to help motivate us. Maybe to just acknowledge as like, man, if you're running the right way and running hard enough, you're going to get to empty. That's okay. That's how you recharge, refuel, regenerate, and, and keep pushing on. And I also, I wanted to just conclude that idea of running behind. I heard this recently about the word sympathy. Sympathy means, means a lot of things, but to be in sympathy of something means to be in sync with its motion or understanding it's in step with. So if I'm sympathetic with something, I'm in step with it. And you're empathizing as well. Yeah, so you're, yeah. But if you're running behind, at least you're, it means you're always going to be behind. We're always going to be in step or hopefully in sync with what we're following. So there's, we're always following, we're always pursuing. So we're always going to be running behind. It's not, it's, it's okay. It's okay to be behind in this, idea of a spiritual enlightenment. Correct. There's always something more to learn and knowledge is an unending quest to get to. I mean, I've been searching all my life. I know. I've been, I started reading materials that were of, of this nature when I was in high school and never stopped. In fact, when am I going to learn enough not to waste my time reading these books <laughs> that I just have it? But, you know, I don't read them so much anymore. 
I've settled down a little bit personally. <laughs> I don't think we're ever going to, I think it's always never, never ends. That's for sure. All right. Last song is this song called These Days. This song here was written when uh, he was 16 years old, if you can believe that. 16-year-old wrote this song called These Days. It was covered by Greg Allman. It was covered by Nico. It was covered by um, a few musicians, but it's just such a good song. I'd like to play it now, and then we can uh, talk about it. Well, there we go. That was These Days by Jackson Brown, written by a 16-year-old Jackson Brown, which is really remarkable. And I know that song, John, because Greg Allman, he sings it on a on a, his, one of his solo albums, which is really good. I love Greg Allman. love the Allman Brothers. I'm sure you do, too, being from Georgia. Love them. Yeah. yeah. Anyhow, that song, These Days, is a great song. Let's kind of go through it. It seems like a song an older man would write, but a teenager wrote it, and he's Seems like he's reflecting on his life. I mean, it's another song of kind of personal reflection. Uh, this seems to be the way and the road that uh, Jackson goes down. Yeah, it sure does. He's a searcher. Yeah, he is. And he does a good job of kind of inviting us into that exploration. I like this part here, the, the third verse. It says, and I had a lover but it's so hard to risk another these days, these days. I think everybody's been through a heartbreak or a divorce or some sort of challenge in the love department. And it's hard to risk it again if you've already been through that once. And I think everybody can understand that. Even Jackson Brown, you know, once you've been hurt and burned by love, it's hard to risk another these days. I see that a lot, and uh, I've seen it in my own relationships, and I look back at my early relationships in high school, which would have been the time that he wrote this, and I certainly had a, a relationship in high school that ended and made it hard to look at having another one, yep. you know, because it was so painful ending it, and and then, well... Then you get focused on other things. And do I want to get involved again? It was so consuming. If I seem to be afraid to live the life that I've made in song, well, that's just what I've been losing for so long. It's hard. I think it's really, really difficult for some of these songwriters because they're so good at romance and writing these beautiful lyrics and songs and I bet it creates this expectation for them to actually uh, practice or live out these dreams. And anyway, I forgive him. It's, I can't imagine having to live out all his wonderful songs. And he says, well, I keep on moving, moving on. Things are bound to be improving these days. One of these days. 
Hopefully. Yeah, hopefully. <laughs> All right. Now, the I hate to admit this. Well, I'm not going to hate to admit it, but the reason this song jumped out to me, John, is because I've been studying Pythagoras. And I've been studying a lot of ancient Greek stuff and Neoplatonist stuff. But this idea of when he gets into here, these days I'll sit on cornerstones. Okay, cornerstones is huge. Anytime you see cornerstones or a mention of the cornerstones, it's a symbol of the spiritual perfection of the indwelling self. So any reference to the cornerstones, and there's usually four, but he says, I'll sit on cornerstones. And I guess there's, yeah, there didn't have to be four cornerstones. He doesn't mention a number. He just says sit on cornerstones. But cornerstones is a huge occult uh, word. We're going to see a lot of cornerstones. But this part here, the second line, I count the time and quarter tones to 10, my friend. That is this Pythagoras. Let me just read it here. The discovery of Pythagoras that the basic intervals of Greek music could be represented by the ratios 1, 2, 3, 2, and 4, 3 made it appear that cosmos, order, and beauty was imposed on the chaotic range of sound by means of the first four integers. One, two, three, four. So this, that number, and, and all of these numbers, it gets into this idea of how do we find real harmony? What is real harmony? Scientific harmony. Or the ancients referred to it as sympathetic magic and, and sound. And they would do it by numbers. They would use... I mean, it's, it's all numbers. And then he says, count the times in quarter tones. I just read about quarter tones to 10, my friend. To 10 is the tetractus. And that we're going to get into more of Thagoras. We're going to get into more of all of these subjects because they're real important when you think about the, how music works and the magic of music. But Jackson Brown, he just, anyway, he's, for someone who, maybe reads these uh, esoteric teachings from Pythagoras. When he says, I count the time in quarter tones to 10, that made me so excited because I've been nerding out on that stuff lately. And then this last part, I think, is probably the part that everybody loves, that I love. Don't confront me with my failures. I had not forgotten them. Do you think people forget their failures or their mistakes? Oh, probably so. More people than not forget them rather than repenting of them or go a new way. Yeah. They just forget them. And that's not what you should do. You know, God wants you to recognize your mistakes and and atone for them as we were discussing before. Um, yeah, you should not ignore them because they will in the end probably eat away at your soul. I totally agree. And I don't need anybody to remind me of my failures. Don't confront me with my failures. I know, like, if you're someone who's teachable and otherwise, uh, I guess, a little humble, you haven't forgotten your failures and you've used them as an opportunity to, uh, as a lesson or to teach you or to make you stronger or better. So I don't need people to remind me or confront me with my failures. I have not forgotten them. I just love that line. I think it's real important for everybody to, uh, I don't know. People don't need to be reminded 
No. About the things they've done wrong or how they've failed. Somewhere. I think it's a, a problem a lot of people have is beating up on somebody because they've done something wrong or, or, or a different way from the way in which they would have done it. Or, you know, they, they want to heap blame on, on others. And it's the whole thing about, you know, get the stick out of your own eye before you yeah. start trying to help others with their sticks yeah. or splinters or whatever they are. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's right on the money. Before we wrap up with Jackson Brown, there's so many other good songs that I want to encourage everybody to just check out. I mean, there's, you know, Stay. Everybody's heard Stay. And I bet when you hear Stay and you read the lyrics, you'll be surprised what that song's about. If you like live music, you're going to love Stay. There's the song for Adam, Jamaica, Say You Will. That's a great love song. Rock Me on the Water, Which Side Are You On? Which Side Are You On? Reminds me of Call to Arms by Sturgill Simpson. It's a great song that Jackson Brown sings. Which side are you on? The Pretender. There's a lot of good Jackson Brown songs and poems that uh, are just waiting for you to listen to and kind of fall in love with if you haven't already. John, this has been a treat having you here today. But one thing we didn't talk about is you're an artist, not just a surgeon, but you're an artist. You have experience and have done some fantastic sculpting and some art, some of which is public, correct? That is true. I've been blessed with a, a skill, I think, that uh, whether it's uh, inherited from my parents and genetics, I don't know for sure, but I certainly was brought up in an environment that was conducive to having a, a love for art. Both of my parents were artists. My mother taught art and was an artist herself. My father uh, was a, a very good oil painter, portraitist, and uh, painter of things in general. And, uh, you know, I, I had a lot of appreciation for that yeah. in my early youth. And you said you still occasionally will do some art, but you, uh, for the most part, are uh, enjoying gardening right now. You're Spending a lot of time outside? That's true. Yeah, I guess it is spring. It's a good way to ground and get sunshine and exercise. So, you know, you, you don't have to run six miles to get exercise. <laughs> you know, you beat yourself up. I mean, I've treated enough busted knees to know, you know, that doesn't really help you. And it wears you out, that kind of exercise. Much better to do something that you enjoy doing and that, can create good nutrition for a healthy life at the same time. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Well, I look forward to us hanging out and talking again. Maybe you can come on another episode in the future. I would enjoy that. Yeah. Well, Absolutely. thanks again for coming on. And I guess John Savage, medical doctor from Montezuma, Georgia, if ever you need medical care in South Georgia, you know who to call, John Savage. It would be a, a very informal consult. <laughs> Hopefully, I never have to have, have to need your healthcare services. I hope you don't, but <laughs> you're available. Well, I'm open to any questions you may have. Yeah, well, thank you. <laughs> I did want to read one Bible verse, maybe two, before we leave, because I, anyway, I some of these things just need repeating. Matthew 13, 
chapter 13, verse 13. That's easy to remember. Matthew 13, 13. That's by design too, by the way. This is why I speak to them in parables, because seeing they do not see, and hearing they do not hear, nor do they understand. So if you wonder why all of these poets and artists use symbols and use allegory, well, it might be because of what Jesus just said, because you can't see or hear. Maybe these symbols and these allegories and these lyrics will just sink in over time. And then lastly, 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 7. But we impart a secret and hidden wisdom of God, which God decreed before the ages of our glory. So there's a secret and hidden wisdom of God. And that's what we're talking about. That's the unseen that we're focused on. It's, it's, the, it's hidden. It's a secret. It's the unseen. But it sure is beautiful, and it sure is exciting. And uh, John Savage, you've been a great guest. Uh, thank you for coming on Lasers in the Jungle. Thank you for not asking me too many hard questions. <laughs> you would have been more than capable of answering any of them. But, but, uh, but thank you for, yeah. again for being here. Well, thank you again for having me here. I'm All right. Enjoyed it. And hey, everybody, don't forget, you got to subscribe to the podcast. You got to like it. You got to comment. And, you know, follow us on social media and support the podcast. Thanks for listening. Let your love light shine. Goodbye. Oh, wait. Before you leave, may I share some encouragement? You are so special. Never stop shining the light you have within. Shine brighter and brighter with each new passing vision and thought. Make your way brighter by envisioning and repeating these words. I am the master of my body. My body is powerful, efficient, invincible, and beautiful. I am the master of my emotions. I am kind, forgiving, and comforting to myself and others. I am the master of my mind. I call all of my thoughts under the control of pure, limitless love. Every part of my being is aligned with the perfect light of love and limitless potential. I claim my whole life right now, a life of love, truth, transparency, peace, goodness, healing and power. T2G Foundation aims to help any initiate with any resources or truth-seeking opportunities that may have financial barriers. If you are interested in a book or taking a class or researching something but are limited in your pursuit because of a financial obstacle, please write to T2G in less than 100 words and be specific with your request. T2G assesses all opportunities and will provide financial assistance when alignment is confirmed. Email t2g 
at litjshow.com. <laughs>